doctors right now are just coming around to the benefits of keto. But at the time, she was just not not game. She was like, this is going to kill you. And I was like, well, yeah. you know, listen, I'm 417 pounds. I'm probably going to have a heart attack. I'm probably not going to make it anyways. So, you know, let's give this a shot. I'll try it. I'll see you every couple months. What's up, guys? Welcome back to KCL's Keto Corner Podcast with Keto Coach Lauren. Today, I have a cool guest. Um, he's actually local. Um, he is one of my very best friends, and he is a best-kept secret in the keto community. Um, we live about three miles from each other, maybe, and I just learned of his story not but maybe three or four months ago. Um, he's lost a ton of weight on keto, and I'm going to let him kind of share his story and how he came to keto, so you guys are going to. Doing fantastic, Keto Coach Lauren. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for being here. So um, we'll start the conversation off with basically just how you came to keto, I guess, kind of a little backstory on your weight loss journey and how it all started. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting story. I came from an executive background. So I was a computer nerd, always have been um, for years and years was stuck behind a desk. When I was very young, uh, I did a lot of, you know, working out and played sports when I was even younger. Um, but as time goes on, right, you start to have a family, you start to have kids, you're sitting down in front of your desk, you start eating out of convenience. Um, you know, I slowly started to put on weight. Um, my background and my family, I come from a New York uh, family, which we, everything we did, all emotional eating revolved uh, around going out to eat. If we were having great days, you know, we would all as a family go to eat to celebrate. If we had a bad day, we went out to eat. Um, and that just kind of snowballed as I got older, right? As stress of life, of normal life came on. Uh, and I was sitting, uh, working a lot, working more, having kids. Um, I started to slowly put on weight. So 200 pounds slowly turned into 250 pounds. 250 pounds went to 320 pounds. And at every point, you always go, you know, I'm gaining a little bit of weight. It's probably a good idea. I, I lose a little bit, bit of weight. So I'd try this diet. I would try that diet. I'd lose 20 pounds. I'd lose 50 pounds. Sometimes I'd lose even 80 to 100 pounds. Um, but nothing was sustainable, right? It would be two, three months, four months. Uh, and then slowly that weight, you know, your your pants would all of a sudden feel a little bit snug. And you go, wait a <laughs> second. I, these weren't that snug before. Maybe the uh, the dryer, they dried too mo too long. And uh, then life gets ahead of you. So, so that's kind of my story. Until one day, about uh, two and a half years ago, uh, I got on the scale. I was 417 pounds. Um, was absolutely embarrassed, to be perfectly honest, that I was that heavy. So um, I was uh, running a global operations team for a cloud computing company. So I was getting very little sleep. I was eating at random times, eating out of convenience. Um, and eating a lot of carbs. Um, and I was ready to go with bariatric surgery. Um, I was coming towards the end of that portion of my career uh, and uh, was looking at the only option I thought available was bariatric. I was so big that really most exercise, if, you, if anybody who watches on my Instagram stories, I talk about it, I would roll down the stairs, go to my carrig and roll back upstairs. It was about the extent of my exercise uh, outside of just normal life. And literally like my chore for the day, taking the garbage to the end of the driveway was my thing. I got my exercise done for the day. It was just really sad. Um, and so an influential friend of mine and all of all other friends as well, um, talk about, you know, Hey, bariatric may be an option, but we really don't think that's good for you. And I, after doing a lot of research, and again, at this point, I went through all of the doctors and surgeons for bariatric. I went through, you have to go through a psychological exam for it. I did all that. So I was purely ready to go. Um, I heard about this low carb, high fat diet. And that is when um, I really, the, the changing point happened for me. Uh, and I looked at it, I looked at what the diet was, I looked at all the benefits of it, and it was completely radical, right? As you know, Lauren, it's the hardest part of keto and low carb, high fat is actually um, 
doing it, right? It's actually yeah. believing that it works. You know, eating yeah. more fat is going to help you, right? And, and it's crazy. Kind of, uh, I couldn't refuse not to try it. My buddy was was adamant that I try it. Um, so I did the research, went to my doctor, got all of my blood work done. She was totally against it. I will be perfectly honest. She was like, this is a terrible idea, <laughs> which most doctors right now are just coming around to the benefits of keto. But at the time, she was just not, not game. She was like, this is going to kill you. And I was like, well, yeah. you know, listen, I'm 417 pounds. I'm probably going to have a heart attack. I'm probably not going to make it anyways. So, you know, let's give this a shot. I'll try it. I'll see you every couple months. We'll do my blood work. We'll see how things work. So fast forward a couple months, started dropping weight like crazy um, to the point that now my cholesterol went actually went down, right? Where typically it depends on what type of, you know, keto experience you have, but mine actually all went down. My good cholesterol went up. My bad cholesterol went down. My weight started to drop significantly. Um, as I moved through keto flu, my energy level started to go up. And that kind of started my started my way and my journey um, that continues uh, today. That's awesome. So pretty much for you, um, keto had to either be an all or nothing thing lifestyle wise. You had to commit. You, I mean, it. You tried every other diet out there, and then when you finally decided, like, I need something to just change everything it, it was keto that exactly. was yeah to. exactly because with keto that's that was the difference right so i think what i learned about keto and and this is what makes it sustainable right um every diet i went on i was an extremist right and again an emotional eater so um i i'm a big eater always have been right um same and, here <laughs> and it's you know you go through these waves and then every time i'd get on on a program it was either all or none. So I would do great. And then it was like, you'd have that one cheat day mm -hmm. or that one off day. And then you felt so off the curve that you just, then I would just kind of give up. Right. Or I'd be like, all right, I'll restart Monday. Well then, you know what? Monday didn't come for 50 pounds later. <laughs> then mm -hmm. I'd start all over again, 50 pounds heavier. So, um, with keto, it was sustainable, not just for myself, but for my family and my lifestyle. And when, when I say that is, for me, there's a couple things, and, and, and I think you and I have talked about this a lot over coffee. You know, keto is not for someone who loves beer, right? Mm -hmm. Keto is not for somebody who loves fruit to a certain extent. Obviously, you can eat strawberries, blueberries, raspberries um, in moderation, and those are all great. But if you're big on those two things, it's, it is difficult. But outside of that, in the times that we live on between what's available on Amazon, what's available at your local, local grocery store, all the accessibility to, to menus – you can you can do this program and this lifestyle, and I hate to use the word diet. I almost never say it. I try not to, and mm -hmm. if I do, you all have the, the right to write me and, and scream at me, but I almost never say diet because it's a lifestyle change. Right. Um, it's sustainable. You can do it pretty much anywhere. So it's it's a great time. So I think if it was five years ago, this would be a lot harder. Um, but right now, between almond flour and different alternative sweeteners that really don't impact your ketone or, or glucose levels and other things, it's so easy to maintain this. So you never have to have that cheat day. Mm -hmm. So when I do have those cravings, when I do have those days where I'm the Tasmanian devil and want to eat everything in the house, um, I can make those things. I can make a mug cake. I can, you know, go and make a peanut butter uh, chocolate with Lily's chocolate chips, uh, whipped cream uh, pudding type thing. So there's many options available. Right. So, you know, talking to someone who's never done keto or never really like thought about sustainability and, and things like that, I would say that mindset is a big deal. So for me, it was I had to knock myself out of that mentality of yeah. this isn't a diet. Same goes for you as well. So we all have our vice when it comes to food. Yeah. Uh, mine is sweet. So I know myself better than, you know, anyone else. I know that I have to incorporate a sweet tree every single day. Is there something for you that you have to increase, like incorporate every single day that like, or have you I, gotten past that point? Like, it's just, it's, you have it when you want it. 
Yeah, you know, it, it comes in waves. So for me, you know, I was a bread guy. So I was the guy who would eat like every breadstick at Olive Garden, every, right. <laughs> every, the whole roll with butter as my family talked at every single restaurant. So bread was a big one for me for a very long time. Um, there's a, a company called Low Carb Foods out of Raleigh. Uh, you can go on Amazon and order from them. But I, you know, was that was the big thing. So, so for the first probably year and a half, bread was still a staple for me and I had to find that alternate because it was like a go-to right I, I like having sandwiches it's very bizarre on this program Lauren you know this is that you start certain things just fade away right it's almost you would never believe it I would never believe it I still laugh when you know I'd always think it was snake oil someone was pitching me or some some story when they'd be like oh I don't want sweets at all or whatever there's right. still days I want sweets you yeah. know but and yeah. but um, my go-to I think on a daily basis right now has turned to just my fatty bulletproof coffee in the mm-hmm. morning, right? Yeah. I, I have to have my coffee. Uh, it's the That's one I still have. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and, you know, Paul Jordan, if he hears this, who I train with would kill me, but I do still put a little heavy cream now and again in my mm-hmm. coffee as well as sweet leaf, which by the way, Lauren, you are always wonderful for bringing that when we're yes. out for coffee because I forget <laughs> it. And I always look for Lauren and I just look at her and she always comes handy with, with uh, sweet leaf. So yeah, Matt tends to forget his sweetener and I've always got a, a bag full of sweet leaf in in my purse so uh, I got you if you ever need any sweet leaf (laughs) um so I guess when when I try to talk to someone new to keto the biggest advice that I give them is that it's gonna be hard obviously to give up and they are going to fail um and it's probably terrible to say that to someone's face when they're trying to start something new but I think it's important for people to know that when you're starting a new lifestyle, when you're starting something new, you're not going to be perfect at it. You're not going to be, you know, an expert. And so um, everyone tends to fall off the diet. Everyone tends to, you know, at some point have a weak moment. When was your first weak moment after starting keto? Did you have one? You know, I think it was my kid's birthday. Um, it was a similar, and I remember you having this story a while back, mm-hmm. and I, I smiled when I saw it. When the keto, the keto queen has something that resonates. It's very, it's always interesting to me because it's, it's something exactly I experienced. We were out at Cheesecake Factory. My daughter was having her birthday cake. And it really was in that moment that I knew it was like, I'm going to go one direction back my old ways or continue down this journey. And, you know, I had the bite. I was okay with it. I tasted it and kept moving on. And all it was was a taste. And what was interesting enough, I was long enough in the journey that it was so sweet to me that it wasn't mm-hmm. nearly as good as I expected. So right. I do want folks to know, you know, I, I am a firm believer in it. And, and, you know, other folks have different opinions. Hold off on fulfilling those little sweet cravings because they will derail you. I was finally at the point where I knew I want to try this. I want to see if I'm strong enough not to then crush the entire cheesecake and then my other kids cheesecake and my wife's cheesecake and everybody else's cheesecake as well because that's typically what I do is everyone would Mm -hmm. leave the food on the table then hey dad finish it you know here here dad and and, you know and then I'm four pieces of cheesecake in so uh that's how it typically happens but that was it that was that was my time as well was my kid's birthday cake and I still will not deny myself a taste obviously if there's something in you know out but I think it does take some time before you get to that point I'll never be super strong and I'll always have to keep my guard up I've learned that um that's the one key uh, tip that I would say for anyone starting out is you always have to keep your guard up and that one of the best things I did um, and I say this quite often as I found my top three to five big foods, big cravings, things that I love and found alternates. They had to be at least like a seven out of 10 on the scale. Otherwise, it wouldn't fulfill that that craving for me. Right. But if it was every time I can go to that when I have those weak moments um, and, and that really helped me. Yeah. So that's good for people to know is that, you know, it's, it's a lifestyle change. You have to eliminate certain things that you once loved, but the things that got you to where you were in the first place, but you can find an alternative. It's, it's nice to know that there's alternatives out there. So, um, so tell me a little bit about how you feel about the holidays coming up. This is a popular topic that everyone is kind of like stressing out about. And so that kind of goes, goes along with what we were just talking about but like you know you know my view you know that if you if I feel that a client is going to miss out on memories you know and miss out on partaking with certain foods um, I encourage them to you know 
eat off keto if that's what they want to do, but then get right back on it. So how do you feel? How do you approach the holidays? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question, right? And it's tough because, again, this battle with keto, right, or any kind of, of program like this, it's not just nutrition. There's a big mental, emotional piece mm-hmm. of this. I think it's goes, mostly right? mental. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree. And so I, I'm with you. You know, I, it, it's kind of this is where the journey has to be your own. Right. And I mm-hmm. think we all go through this together. I think um, we can support each other. But you're exactly right. There's times in life. Right. Like I said, my kid's birthday party. If I didn't have that cake. Right. It wasn't that mm-hmm. I had to or that I felt the necessity to from a nutritional standpoint. But there's that emotional piece of it. There's that kind of mental piece of it of being part of their party. And when your kids are there, you don't want to do that. So I, I totally agree with that. Um, and, and for me, it's experiences in life. You don't want to let those go. I think a big part of why I didn't do bariatric was everybody talking about how much the people who they know on bariatric miss out on, on experiences in life. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to not taste something, right? If I right. go to Italy or I go to, you know, little Italy in New York, I'm not going to not taste a cannoli. You're in New York. Mm-hmm. You're going to taste it, right? But I'm just not going to eat the whole thing. Um, and I'll, 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 you know, put it within, uh, within reason. So, I completely agree. The thing for the holidays is you do have to have some tough skin, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about keto flu as you're going through the keto flu, but there's such such a thing as keto grief, and we all get it. Anybody who's been on keto for a while gets a couple things. One, people pushing food on you, yes. people apologizing for having food in front of you because you don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable around you. Yeah. Um, or, or you get, you know, the the uh, the grief of, you know, why are you on this diet and you're gonna have a heart attack. I get it all the time. Mm-hmm. So what I suggest for folks through the holidays is kind of put a sense of humor to it. You know, kind of smile, laugh it off. I joke around with it. I say, yeah, you know, well, you know, I'm gonna, yeah, this heart attack I'm gonna have uh, eating my steak or bacon or with butter on it. Uh, but is is I'm gonna, you know, I'd much rather have this and die at 200 and something pounds, uh-huh. have it at 417 pounds, right. and they usually laugh it off. So I would say bring humor to it, um, but also bring, you know, you, you do have to again keep your guard up. It's a hard time, right? Because emotions mm-hmm. flare. You're gonna want to read, you know. I mean, you talked about this, Lauren, both of us are people who we reach our boiling point and we almost want to go out and eat to do debt, you know, eat to just be free and let that frustration go and eat whatever. Um, And that is only damaging ourselves. So I think just kind of slowing it down, coming up with your battle plan early so you know you make some keto alternatives if it's sweets you're craving. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some great coffee cake recipes for the morning of Christmas that you can make Starbucks coffee cake, keto stuff. That's awesome. Cupcakes, cookies, get those ready, get those prepared, bring them with you and don't be shy to bring them with you because you're doing this for yourself. That's the thing is once the holidays are over and you're feeling good about yourself and you're feeling your best self, then it's all worth it. So and everybody you know, else is still yeah. stuffed from all the crappy food that they ate. <laughs> exactly right. And 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 the thing is too, if you have a bad day, you know, just keep going. That's the yeah. thing. It's hard for me. So I'm saying this, you know, mentally out loud, right? More, more is my mantra for all of us. But um, me and you always say this: you have a bad day, and that's the biggest kicker, right? People just feel like. I screwed it up. It's over. And and you need mm-hmm. to just get back on the wagon. Keep going. You know, there's BHB salts that can help with ketosis or ketones in your body. If you're starting to feel sluggish after a rough day, get a good cup of coffee, drink a lot of water and just mm-hmm. keep going. I can't tell you how many times Lauren has told me that right when I have <laughs> days and she motivates me all the time. And then I even followers will send me great suggestions on days because sometimes you just feel off and or you have a little bit of an off day. And uh, oh, yeah, I had an, an entire off week last week, but I still kept kept my head down and kept doing what I needed to do just because you get to the point where. And this is one thing I like to Wait, talk the about. the queen of keto has an <laughs> off day? I don't think I've ever seen that, ever. Yeah. Yeah, off week, it was that. terrible. Yeah. Oh, but, great. like, one thing I like to talk about is, you know, people see us who have gone through the transformation. We've lost over 100 pounds. You've lost over 200 pounds. You've lost whatever. Like, whatever you've lost... Um, and Matt's being funny right now. He's making me look at him. We're actually video chatting, so you guys can't see this, but he's Good being thing. quite hilarious. So, um, but 
you know, what I like to point out is if for some reason people look at us like we're superhuman, the fact that we've lost all of this weight, they look at us like we're some crazy like creature that <laughs> is has this constant motivation that has this like unlike un crazy or what like just crazy yeah, yeah. like willpower, all of those things. So for me, I know how I deal with it. And I know that I try to be as real as possible. I know that I try to like show people, look, I am a real person. I have hard days. I do this, you know, like I'm just like you. It's just, I didn't give up. Like, how do you, do you ever get that? Do you get people looking at you like, holy crap, like who are you? (laughs) I literally laugh because I'll get out of bed. Even my wife will be like, you have no reason to complain. You're not carrying a 200 pound man on your shoulders anymore all day, every day, you know? And, um, but yeah, I mean, I get it all the time, right? There's days you wake up and you're just ready to go. And I honestly feel in my head, right? Still like that 400 pound man I was. It's very yes. funny how that happens. No, and, yeah, and we've talked about that. Yeah. I, I mean, you just, you, it's a mindset, right? I mean, you live that way. So I still feel like that, that big guy. Um, and, and, but there's days you need the motivation. A lot of times I'll draw off the motivation of folks like yourself, Lauren, or folks on, on, on the support group. It's real important. I mean, I think the keto community is in unbelievable in that way. Um, and I thank you for introducing me to, to it because you meet other people, you meet folks like yourself, um, and then you, you know, you get through those days, you know, that you are going to have them, uh, and, and, and you have to kind of power through them. But what really, what I find is for every bad day I have, it's unbelievable how many great days I have, how many days I get through the day. And I'm like, wow, I did so much today. I was so productive today. I had a killer workout. You know, I went to CrossFit. I went to uh, my heavy workout session and, you know, still got all my other stuff in life done. Um, I'm spending time with my kids. I'm, you know, all the stuff that would have been like one thing I did for one day, I did in one day. So or right. in a week I did in one day. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And I try to remember that. So for me, um, I, it, there's days you just have to dig deep for motivation. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, but I get a lot from people all the time. They, they give me a very weird look. I always get, you were 200 pounds. I don't, I can't even believe yeah. I was 200 pounds yeah. more to be honest with you, but it's, it is, it is a weird thing, but there's, you still have those rough days. You still have those like sluggish days every once in a while, but, uh, you just, mm-hmm. you know, you find these tips and tricks, like we've been talking about to kind of work around them. Yeah. I find that like when I share my transformation photos on Instagram or Facebook, I'll have family members be like, I don't even remember you looking like that. I don't remember, you know, and I'm like, I remember myself at that point, but I never real, I didn't recognize in that moment that that's what I looked like. And that's where I was, you know, but now like, I'm very thankful to have those pictures to look back on. I'm very thankful, but like people will be like, I, I just, it's like, they don't, realize that you had gotten to that point yourself well, I think we've we've discussed that as well like people loved us no matter what we look like yeah but it's just insane to think that we were that that way at one point oh uh, yeah I I will it's it, it's weird because you know you, for me especially when I was working kind of in the corporate world right you'd see people in you know sporadically right I, I worked from home for years um, and so people would see me at different stages. I'd be thin, then I'd be heavy, then I'd be thin, I'd be heavy. And now again, it's, it's very strange looking at photos, even when I thought I lost a bunch of weight mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, I had no idea how big I was there. I, I just recently saw a picture that, uh, CrossFit Simplicity posted of me when I started a CrossFit and I thought, man, I was in pretty good shape. You know, I thought I lost all this weight and I looked at, it, I went, oh, I was still huge. So it's amazing to me, right, when you look at that stuff and you look yeah. back, um, and it, but it's good. You know, I, I do enjoy, it's funny to me, I enjoy watching, like, when you put your posts up there, everybody who does the Transformation Tuesday type stuff or Face-to-Face Friday, it's remarkable, right? It reminds you, it's good to look back at that stuff because, like yeah. I said, it was my, one of the things that happened to me so many times in the past was I would procrastinate or not, I didn't have, um, self-awareness enough to know I I gained 5, 10, 15, 20 pounds. But it's also, I think, making peace with not worrying about your weight on keto. And that's probably something Mm -hmm. important to mention is the, as I was going through keto, as you're going through it, you're going to hit plateaus. You're going to hit these weird spikes and peaks and but if you keep going with it, it's just very bizarre. I've learned not to trust the scale. Mm-hmm. I use it very loosely as a as a baseline, um, but I try not to go on it because you'll 
all of a sudden gained two pounds and dropped six pounds. It was very weird how the whole journey was on it. So mm-hmm. I just thought I'd mention, I get a lot of questions about that. See, no, but, and it's good to hear a man, a male perspective talk like that, because I work with women constantly, you know, and women, we tend to focus on the scale as like the sole proprietor of success. And so to hear a man say, like, the scale frustrated you at one point, I think that's going to be eye-opening to people because a lot of times men don't really focus on the scale. They really focus on how they look. So it's a mental struggle for everyone, I think. And if if we could all just ditch the scale mentality, I mean, I still struggle with it occasionally. But if we could all, you know, ditch it, then I think we'd all be a lot happier and it'd be a lot easier to go along the journey itself. I do find it interesting, and, and, and you made a comment. I, I do. Anything. But it's funny, whenever I go into the gym, how many guys I see sneaking onto the scale. Uh-huh. When I go, actually, now I'm seeing people ask me about the scale, but it's like on the slide. Like they don't want to talk about it. They say, hey, Matt, you know, I, I'm seeing my weight. I don't want to make a big deal about it, but I am. And I'm like, dude, you know, it's it's more than that. It is exactly what you said and how it should be. How do you feel? One of the things that my trainer constantly is asking me because I, you know, I am going through the pivot from losing weight to now mm-hmm. trying to lean, uh, gain lean muscle. Right. And so I am mentally even having a, a, you know, here I am two and a half years later, here I am talking about it, but it is still a struggle. You've heard me talk to you about it. Uh, as I've gained weight, is am I gaining good weight? Is my gaining lean muscle, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I have to even remind myself to be patient, but it's, it's a process, right? You have to look at it. You have to look at it objectively um, and see how you generally feel, how you're feeling going out every day, how you're feeling when you go to bed at night, um, how you're waking up in the morning. Your body usually tells you, right? Mm-hmm. We just ignore it most of the time. So. And then having good tools, like you just recently got a DEXA scan, right? Yep. Or was it a, a, a bod, pod? bod pod? Yeah, Duke University yeah. Uh, Diet, Fitness, and Health. I did the bod pod. Yeah, so having those things are good tools, and aside from obviously the scale. So whether you get a bod pod that tells you it's, I think the bod pod is pretty much the most accurate uh, body fat analysis between that and the DEXA. Yep. But then you also have the option of going to like a nutrition store. I know the closest one here is in Greensboro um, that has the in-body test. Now they're not as accurate, um, but like finding other ways to assess your body and having your measurements and having your pictures. And that's one thing I stress is all the time. Take your pictures. Like yeah, it's, it's not really going to be comfortable. Yeah. It's no. not comfortable. I, I'm not comfortable. I'm a guy who I don't even like taking my shirt off when I'm alone, let alone, right. uh, you know, at any point, but yeah, you got it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. It's being, giving yourself honesty because if you don't, you just don't see the subtle changes. Exactly. Um, I'm always impressed, always impressed. Cause I'm not nearly as brave as you guys are. Uh, but when you post your pictures, because the little changes, it's amazing. I, in the last four weeks, the transformation your body has gone through is you've changed some things. Um, I can see it on your Instagram post. It's amazing, right? And so uh, it's it's incredible to see those type of things and see and see it and then know what works for your body because different things work differently for, for, for everybody. I, I work with a remote trainer myself. And so with Paul Jordan, I send him pictures, right? And I'm always like, Oh, I dread it. <laughs> I dread it. Like the play, I hate it. But when we do it, it gives us a good baseline and it, and it can really see what's improving, what's not. Um, so yeah, great, great point. I oh, yeah. Agree. And that's, I mean, clients that I work with face to face, they love whenever I, you know, I take their pictures and then they see four weeks later the difference. They hated me in the beginning. I know your wife was actually, uh, yeah, that's good point. so yeah. Matt's, Matt's wife actually was one of my clients and she absolutely hated the fact that I had to have her take before pictures, but she, she's very happy that she did that because now yeah. she has something to look back on. So, um, I'm going to kind of shift a little bit topic wise because I want to talk more about exercise and your um, your current program. But before we get into that, I want to ask you, so you didn't focus on exercise until what point in your weight loss journey? Like how much weight did you lose prior yeah. to thinking about like CrossFit and stuff? I think uh, so really uh, in short, I'll give you my real quick story. So from 415 to about 385 or 350, all I did was focus on keto. Um, all I focused on when I was so big, um, it was very difficult to do a whole lot of anything. And then, uh, so that was difficult. 
Um, and then really I wanted to learn keto, right? And, and so the reason I did that was to really understand the program, adjust things proportionately, figure out those sweet craving foods that are, or alternates, um, that I talked about earlier. So I really, at that point was really not doing much other than focusing on keto. Once I hit, I'm going to say 385 to 350 because I can't remember exactly where it is. I started to do, I got a Peloton cycle and I used that, which was tremendous for me. Um, it was a great way for, it was low impact. Um, you could do the 15, 20 minute session. So you don't need a Peloton. You can use any type of cycle. It was not a cycling class, a high intensity cycling class. For me, it was high intensity. Um, I, I laughed cause I, I still uh, love Peloton only because I never even looked at the weight requirements on it. So I have no idea <laughs> how, how much I was even sitting on that thing, that poor bike, but, but it was, it worked like a champ for me. I started to come down. My weight started to come down. Um, as I got closer, uh, to, you know, started about 25 pounds less, so say 325, uh, 350, I started to incorporate light walking and that walking cycling, and then started to kind of piece that together where I do walking, maybe a half mile and jog for a 10th of a mile, then walk and then slowly connected those dots. Um, so I was doing cycling a couple times a week, walking, jogging. And I said, jogging was like light, literally no, yeah. just a quick walk. And then as the weights started to come down, I didn't go into CrossFit and walk into a gym until I was under 300 pounds. Okay. So for me, that was the point where I said, you know, I finally felt like I built up my endurance. I had some, some recovery of my legs, some strength, some core endurance. And I made that scary step to go into CrossFit, which was a very scary day for me. I was going to say, I want to stop you right there. So the stigma that people have of stepping into a gym when they're not in shape or when they're not um, skinny or muscular or fit or whatever, how was that for you? Because I remember how it was for me. Oh, God, I, I was petrified. One, you know, I was a lot older, right? So I was 38, 39 when, it, when I was starting um, after going years without being in a gym or walking in a gym, let alone a CrossFit gym. Um, but doing the research on CrossFit, right? I read about the stigma and, and kind of found out there's a CrossFit simplicity. So plugged to my buddy Daniel for his gym here in town. Uh, but I walked into that gym, met with one of the coaches, met Daniel. And as soon as I walked in, there was a 72 year old man there. There was a, you know, some college kids in there. There was a guy in his thirties. And I just saw a diverse group of people all working together um, in the class. Um, I was able to do a one-on-one -on -one with one of the instructors, Felicia, who kind of showed me the overview of things. We went real light. And I still was very nervous. Like I said, this was just brand new to me. So even doing like air squats, I was like, oh, gosh, is this how do you even put a barbell on my shoulder, let alone, you know, getting up and getting down? Um, you would think losing 200 pounds, you'd be, or at that point, hundred and something pounds, I would be a lot lighter, but you know, still that stuff was tough. Um, but really, uh, it was the best thing I ever, I ever did. Um, you really have to find a gym, be it CrossFit or whatever, where you do find that diverse group. You do find that kind of, um, community atmosphere that's going to be supportive because there's some gyms out there you walk in, obviously it's the muscle heads in the gym. There's some ones that are really fit. It's all what you like and what you're with, but find somewhere that's going to be supportive with what I liked about CrossFit when I did the research and why I chose it. It's overall body conditioning. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wanted something that was going to condition not just for lifting and appearance, but physically get strong. My ligaments and the all Your the muscles, my heart, everything else that I neglected for so long, and it was at my pace. So I might be doing one type of military press. Um, they worked along with injuries that I had and things like that, so that the exercises uh, were real conducive for my body. But that got me into CrossFit, and my bucket list was to do a Spartan. So that was kind of my my all right. This will be my introduction into that world, which at the time was far fetched, uh, yeah. and, a, and just a dream uh, at the time. That's awesome. So like people like Matt, that he sought out a community of, of people who are, are supportive. And I think people get a, a weird stigma about CrossFit gyms and stuff. And I'm assuming it go, it depends on which one you go to. But um, but CrossFit Simplicity is a great place. I've never been there personally, but I hear such good things. So Daniel, shout out to him for running such a good family-oriented gym. Um, but you know, my kids are, go too. My, my, yeah, both my girls go as exactly. well, which is amazing. Yeah. So this is what I love it. about Matt is 
is that he's got his girls into being active and all that at a young age as well. So that's awesome. Um, we're going to try and do that with Connor. You know, he's three, but the earlier you start, I feel like the better oh, yeah, chance at life they have. So, um, but, you know, people have the stigma of they either have to just go to the gym by themselves and try to figure out what to do on their own, which is kind of what I did. Um, but I'm a different bird <laughs> than most people. Um, I'm a very independent person and I'm a very learn it myself, do it myself kind of gal. So, um, that was what was easier for me walking into the gym, seeing people who may not have seen me there before. Um, but I've never seen them there before and they don't know my background and where I came from and what I knew how to do. I literally, you know, did research, uh, did workouts at home and then walked in the gym and just acted like I knew what I was doing, even though I didn't. But I did a lot of research on YouTube of, you know, proper movements. I've now gone through my personal training, Um, you know, so I learn how the body is supposed to work, how the muscle groups are supposed to work and the proper way to train. So, um, you know, there's several different approaches you can take for anyone listening. If you are wanting to get into exercising, you can take the group approach, do the CrossFit type thing or there's uh, women's classes group classes whatever or you can kind of just teach yourself and learn um and honestly my biggest reminder and I think you would agree is that people need to understand that everyone is a beginner at some point so yeah, no one no one's an expert when they first start out everyone is scared and you know don't know what they're doing in the beginning so you just have to start at some you have to start that's it and I think I would add to that don't take more than, you know, take, don't bite off more than you can chew because, right. you know, starting out, you got to understand for me too, this was a lesson, leave your ego at the door. My buddy Paul always mm-hmm. tells me that every day, every time I go to work out, you, you know, you've said it, we, is we go in, do the best you can. Remember, especially if you're starting out, you're new to this. So your body is just not conditioned. So I see a lot of guys even go in and I even kind of chuckle to myself and, and we'll even mention them, like, you'll see these guys just come in, and they kill themselves for the first time, then you never see them come in the gym again. And really, it's tough, right? Being a male or female coming into the gym, again, it's uncomfortable. You're looking around you. You're seeing the class all doing certain things. But like you said, those guys have been doing it for a while. Even your secondary ligaments, your muscles, your tendons, those things get conditioned along with all the, the, the primary muscles you're working out. But it takes some time. So you want to do this as a sustainable lifestyle. So get yourself into something that you can gradually move into, push yourself, right? It's not gonna be easy, and I want to stress this. I get this all the time, right? Don't think this is easy, right? You're not gonna get into something that's easy, but you'll love that challenge. You'll start to absolutely love the workout. You'll start to absolutely love the the feeling of the heart, you know, of of, of your, your body being sore, but give it time, give yourself progression because, you know, people just go in way too hard and then think it's too it. hard or you don't push yourself. Right. And that's the thing is you got to know that level, but give your, be patient with yourself, I guess is, the, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm glad that you had the same approach as I did where you focused on the nutrition prior to exercising, because a lot of people go into it feeling like they have to do it all at once. Um, and I, well, that's one thing that I talk with my clients about is like, I, if you weren't exercising before and you weren't eating right before, then don't jump all in head first and because you're going to fail. Like, I'm right. just going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to fail because when we put all the pressure to do it all at once on ourselves, you're going to just bottom out eventually, whether it be a week or two weeks or three weeks in, you're just going to be done. So right. I, I put emphasis, I put emphasis on making sure you have the nutrition down, making sure this is a lifestyle that you want to lead as far as like health goes um, and your way of eating and then start incorporating exercise slowly. So I think that's a good thing to, um, so you can get your energy on. right. I mean, it takes yeah. a little while for you to get through, like, you know, the keto flu, all that stuff. You kind of got to get yourself um, emotionally, ener- ener- even with your energy levels kind of stable because it's tough otherwise. If you try to do it all at one single time, it's a lot to handle and it even is. balance. What's What am I doing from a nutrition standpoint? What am I doing from a workout standpoint? So if you take it in a gradual step, it kind of is a good progression. So Yeah, no, I agree. Great point. Um, so... I want to talk about something, but we'll, we'll wait. I want to hear what you're doing currently, your programming. I want people to hear sure. what you're doing because you've switched it up I and 
if people follow you on Instagram, they can see there's a lot of changes going on with low-carb, high-fat fella. It's nuts. Yes. So <laughs> I, I did go a little bit crazy. And, and again, I hope, you know, I'm not going too off the scales or charts. Um, I started, so, you know, I followed, and for everybody's knowledge who doesn't know me, a lazy keto approach, right? Which, which basically means I checked carbs. My general rule was if it's something natural, I allowed net carbs. If not, I didn't count it as net carbs um, with few exceptions. Uh, and, you know, I, I watched my overall, um, I was watching my overall, uh, you know, daily count, like carbs and fat and uh, mm-hmm. calories. But outside of that, I didn't didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, I was going to say, side note, everyone, Matt was not a tracker. He still is not much of a tracker. I've helped him in some yeah, circumstances. Yeah, you definitely helped me uh, be but much better at it, yeah. Matt does not like to track, and that is okay for some people. If, if tracking, it stresses you out and it's not your thing, then that's okay. But, um, and obviously, it wasn't your thing, and you've gotten to where you are. So, that, it's good for people to see that, that you don't have to track super strictly to get the results. And, and I think, you know, just part of that was a personal thing because always I felt restricted, right? If anybody knows Weight Watchers or any of those programs, they were very confined. And that tended to be my downfall. So for me to learn this and be able to just be like, hey, I can have this, I can have that. Um, and it worked for me. Again, it worked for my body. So that was good. Um, but so, yeah, so now uh, I am doing what's a keto carnivore program, uh, which is is kind of crazy. I'm, again, I work with Paul Jordan. He's a professional rugby player um, and a coach. So I hooked up with him. I finally got down to 197 pounds. And to me, I, my goal was 210. Uh, so when I got down to 200 and started to get to 197, um, I was lean. I had some I, I still, um, you know, have some body fat everybody does to burn i still have loose skin like everybody uh after being 400 pounds you're gonna have it um but i then wanted to pivot to some lean muscle and 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 really put on some lean muscle so joined with paul jordan very similar to to what lauren does with her program um and i he is big on keto carnivore so this was primarily 80 you know 70 80 percent of of the proteins and fats i'm getting comes from from red meat so it's a lot of eating it's a very different program uh, than traditionally I would ever think about doing it. And so from going from keto, lazy keto, especially um, down to keto carnivore, it was a very different approach. It is a lot more disciplined. So I do have to mm-hmm. like go into my fitness pal. I do have to put my macros in and follow it a little bit closer. So definitely thank you, Lauren. Got me much mm-hmm. situ- I have to have her bail me out when I don't know what foods to eat or what to put in because I'm like, ah, I got to have 20 more grams of fat and this mm-hmm. and that and the other. And, um, so it's a little bit more tricky because it's a little bit more strategy and a little bit more prep. Um, but basically, yeah, I eat a lot of red meat. So I'm eating 20 ounce steak, Kerrygold butter. Uh, I'm eating a half of avocado. So my, my carbs are even lower than they traditionally were. Um, you know, I still eat bacon and eggs. Um, I'm eating a lot of pork, salmon, um, healthy oils, uh, cooking with avocado oil, cooking with olive oil, um, and incorporating MCT oil, uh, into my diet in other ways that I didn't do previously. So it's a little bit more restrictive, but I have gained an amazing amount of lean muscle mass through, through this diet. Um, in addition, I've added now, so I do a heavy day of lifting, a hit, so it's high intensity, so it's it's weights along with cardio, another heavy day, and then I rest. So that combination <clears throat> has completely transformed my body. I probably have gained, I think I want to say about four, three to four pounds of lean muscle. Um, I've gained over a short amount of time. I mean, literally, like yep. you are transforming right in front of everybody's eyes. Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's bizarre for myself, my wife. <clears throat> I have, you know, gro- not only that, I mean, the strength that I have in the gym. So my thoughts and, and what I'm observing is, you know, I was um, doing keto, everything was going great, and I still get my blood work done, all that good stuff done regularly. Um, but I think my body really responded to the additional protein. This is definitely more protein than it was before. Um, I'm about 30% to 40% protein uh, and then 60, 70% fat. So it's much higher on the pro- on the protein side of things. And my body tends to work very well with that. So um, super low carb, um, but I feel great. I feel honestly fantastic. Um, I still question if I'm gaining 
good weight and bad weight. And that's a struggle I have that I we talk about and, and I generally have talked about. But what we do is we adapt it, right? So I've just dropped my caloric levels uh, down about 1,000 calories uh, on both my heavy days and, and active recovery days. Um, but it you know it gives me three days busy, a day off to do whatever, then three days on again. So it's a nice schedule. My workouts are usually 30 to 45 minutes tops. I'm in and out of the gym. Uh, so it's good to if you have a busy lifestyle, but it does take meal prep. And that's something that's mm -hmm. different for me. Um, you know, I talked earlier and you and I talk about, you know, being strategic of eating, but I could kind of do that whenever. So if I just wanted like a charcuterie board of cheese and meat, you can usually cut those up. But making Starbucks, uh, you know, or making like a Starbucks coffee cake, you can do every once in a while. But, you know, cooking six steaks, cooking sausage, cooking mm -hmm. all that stuff, I have to usually now do on the weekend. I put it in the fridge, then warm things up. Yes, and meal prep is key for anyone listening. Um, and a lot of people are resilient to meal prep or to live that lifestyle of eating similar things every single day and all of that. But I think you and I both can attest to the fact that consistency is key and that's how you win. That's yep. how you that's every how you get results. And and it's interesting because you know, Lauren, you've tried the keto carnivore. It didn't work great yes. for you, right? Nope. It didn't respond to your body that great. Um, my wife, when she was doing keto at first, she was doing my lazy keto. Didn't work for her. She did Lauren's keto, worked like a champ. So really, it, it everybody's going to be different. Everybody has to fine-tune things um, to their own kind of method and rhythm, um, mm -hmm. I think, which is really great. And one of the reasons I, I really, really recommend, you know, like seeing someone like Lauren, um, working with someone who not only knows it but lives and breathes it, um, you know, Lauren was instrumental to helping my wife uh, get fine-tuned for her. So the customized meal plans that she does, the the training that you do, you do is is amazing as a combination. Um, I have found results. Like I said, I was kind of able to do it to get me down in weight, but then I really was lost to say, what do I do now? I'm actually, get, my body got so fat adapted, I was burning so much fuel. I, I kept losing weight, and I said, what do I do now? I, no one really answers that, and that's where Paul came in and really helped me um, from my perspective, from he just trains with men uh, and works on nutrition for men, so it was it was helpful for me uh, to get back up the ladder. And 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 again, he had yeah. So it's important for people to understand that reaching out for help and finding someone that knows what they're talking about asking for help is not a bad thing. Like there are so many people who are scared to say. I need help. There are so many people who are like, so I guess they're just discouraged or embarrassed to say yeah, like, sure. you right. know, find somebody that you need. But, um, I, I can't stress enough. I mean, I was that way. I went through being scared, not knowing, like when I hit plateaus and things like that, I ended up figuring stuff out for myself. I never had, you know, a coach like that, but, um, I just, I feel like if I could go back and say, like, don't be such a hard head, which, you know, that's that's Lauren. That's a hard head. But don't be such a hard head. <laughs> don't you know, like, don't be scared to reach out. So it's good that people like you, you know, have said, like, when when you are out of your league and you are out of your comfort zone, you reach out for help. So that's good for people to hear. And, and sometimes, um, too, you get in the, in the defeatist attitude, too, right? I mean, yeah. especially after a while, you feel like you've tried everything, you've done yeah. everything, you've heard everything a million times until it clicks. But uh, yeah. definitely a coach, especially accountability. And that's why, I mean, I, I even say not, and you know, I'm thankful for friends like you. I'm thankful for followers because they keep me accountable, right? I, yeah. I get more inspiration from half of the folks on Instagram every day uh, than I ever give out. So I always feel super, super humble and grateful for that. Now... I'm going to shift the subject a little bit and uh -oh. Uh -oh. I'm hopefully, hopefully you're going to be okay talking about this. I know sure. we've talked about it. Um, but I want to talk about body dysmorphia. I want to sure. talk about, um, so Matt and I have had several like one-on-one -on -one conversations about body dysmorphia and a lot of people don't understand that that is a true thing that happens when you, whether you're um, overweight and you don't see the fact that you're overweight. Um, or that you're you're really small and you still see all of these things as big deals. So most women struggle with body dysmorphia. 
you are a man. You struggle with it as well. Correct. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. You know, it's it's funny. I think, uh, and this is a funny way to say it, but I always think once a fatty, always a fatty. And and <laughs> but that's in my head. You know what it is. And I I, I said it earlier. I still feel the same as I did when I was 400 pounds. I still feel the same as I was when 300 pounds. Um, I think if you are, for the majority of your life, deal with being overweight, your your mindset is that, right? You go to sit down in a chair and you look, double check that chair to make sure that plastic chair is going to fit. You know, you're not going to crack that chair. You look in the in the, the plane seat and go, oh Lord, am I in the middle seat? Uh, you know, those things every time go through my head today. Ever we just came back from a trip. And I laughed and I even posted, I was like, now, right now, every seat feels like comfort plus to me or first class because it's so much room, you know, I'm like, oh, right. but, but you still in your head have it. And so I think it's very difficult um, when you, uh, your parents, right, because we're always so sensitive, right, as a, as a heavier person, um, you know, if you're in business or you're just an at-home dad or mom, uh, you know, you're constantly wanting to look your best, you're constantly pulling your shirt me and lauren always pick on each other we see each other and i one day i'm gonna market a shirt that's just a pull here in the middle of my because i constantly pull my shirt out right yeah. in the middle and where, where you have your loose where we all have our loose skin at the bottom of our belly and that, like, and yeah, yeah. we pick on each other all yeah. the time and i see it anybody it's so funny anybody i've ever met who, who has lost weight be it 10 or 50 pounds i'll always see them pick at their shirt and and it's just a, ha- a horrible habit right you get into but um, so I definitely think it's a thing for men as well. As well, um, I think we look at each other, look at ourselves. I think we tend to be an overconfident um, <laughs> in most where areas, and think, hey, we look great. You know, we look great. You know, we look at a kind of smile at the mirror. But there's a good majority of us. If you've been heavy for a long time, you constantly are looking at those areas, right? You target, you focus, you hone in on those areas. As soon as you look in the mirror and you bypass all the other good that you've done, right? Um, yep. And so it's it's just a tough thing, right? And it's something I think it will always be something for for somebody who's been heavy for a long time will always have to deal with um, and will always have to get over. It's, it's something we're going to have good days and bad days. You, I think what's great is to be conscious of it. I, I applaud all the time that you can say that openly and, and you talk about it in your podcast because, or your uh, in your uh, Instagram post too, because it's something that I think a lot of people relate to. And I think it's something if you acknowledge it, you can deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's when you don't, and then that's what really can throw your head off and down. When you can name it, you can identify it. You can say, this is what's happening. This is how I see it. I think you kind of gain some power over it and gain some some uh, some ownership of it, and you know it for what it is, and you can kind of brush it off. But guys, definitely deal with it. I know tons of men all the time. I just think we're a lot more, you know, on the sly about it. But then there's other guys who, you know, we're just men. You know, we can be that yeah. way, brush it yeah. off. Definitely, it's no. something we all deal with. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, there's still days. I mean, I've I've at my lowest weight, I had lost over 103 pounds, but sometimes when I look at, at myself in the mirror, I still see myself at that 232 pounds and no one will ever understand that unless they've suffered with that, that disorder. No one will ever understand that, you know, it's, it's something in your mind that's, that's telling you like it, you, it never leaves because you've seen yourself like that before, you know, and even though you've lost all the weight, it, it still can play tricks with your mind. So, um, and, and it's difficult. It is, it's what you're absolutely right. It can, it, it's one of those things that I think is the underlying reason we fail, right? Because mm-hmm. it's amazing. You can lose 10 pounds, have one bad day and then completely think you've wrecked your diet. You know, it's know. over. I've gained everything back, you know, and, and it does come on obviously quicker than you lose it, but it is cracks me up because I think about how many times in life, I let that be one weekend, one day, one hour be my downfall after like a great month or a great yeah. several weeks or three, four days. That's why it's so important you just pick up and get to the getting and get going right back on it if you have those bad days. Um, you know, you drink water, but don't let it bog you down. Nothing's worse. You're your own worst enemy every yeah. single 
time that that happens you just i, I just cracks me up but i get it too so don't don't think i'm i'm saying i don't do that i still do that no, uh, yeah we were just talking about that i mean you know when you don't feel your best and when you don't um you know if you have an off day and you feel really bloated or if you're a woman and you have hormones that are you know out of whack or whatever and and you go through that uh struggle of being bloated and feeling i've i believe that a lot of that has an effect on your mental and so you're you just have to find a way to to kind of push through and realize that it's just one day and that tomorrow you know if you're doing the right things and you're on track and you're you're doing what you're supposed to tomorrow will be better the next day will be better and you're you know every day isn't going to be perfect so um it's getting through those hard days I feel like um is what you know, makes it worth it and makes you feel stronger the next time they come around. Yep. And, and you'll go, I mean, you'll have these, you know, great, you know, days, right. You're, and this is, this is what you need to prepare for, right. As I, I was going down, I was 75 pounds down or hundred pounds down. And then you said this roadblock, right. Something happens, you get a glimpse of yourself and think, man, I just don't look that great. Something, something will happen. Right. And, and it completely can derail you. Those are again, things when you're starting, if you're just starting keto or just kind of getting into it, um, you know, prepare yourself for, and just be ready to get through those days. Those roadblocks are where you need to rely on somebody. And it is good to have somebody accountable. Like I will say, um, my friends, I was very fortunate to have my family and my friends, um, as a support group. But, you know, if you don't have that, then, you know, there's plenty of folks on, 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 um, Instagram. It's amazing how many people, uh, keep me accountable and, uh, who uh, in turn, I hopefully always tell people I'm in your corner. And I mean, it is sometimes you just need somebody to be like, Hey, I'm behind you. Go get your butt up off the couch. Yeah. I know you're not feeling it. Hey, you had a long night. That's fine. You can sleep rest, you know, at the same time, sometimes you just need a day off. Right. I know, Mm -hmm. um, some days you just had a lot going on on your plate, but just don't let that be your excuse to then the next day rest, the next day rest. It's as long mm-hmm. as you just are, you know, back on the routine doesn't mean you have to be obsessive and, and in control of every moment. My day today, for example, didn't work out the way I wanted, right? I went to go to the gym, got to the gym, was packed. I ended up having some stuff going on this morning. And, and so I'm, but I'm going to go back later today. So just know every day is not going to be exactly the same and, and don't let your enthusiasm get burnt out early on because every day is not perfect just know that the overall result is going to be well worth it i totally agree (laughs) well um it's it's been a pleasure having you on i wanted to ask the last question um what's next for you what are your next steps what do you have going on in the future that you're excited about Thank you. Yeah, no, uh, thank, thanks again for having me on the podcast. Super, super excited. I always love talking to the Queen of Keto, and I'm honored. Uh, like I said, we're two, what, two, three miles from each other, mm-hmm. so it's amazing to me. It's a small world. Um, I, you know, it's it's right now I am really enjoying the ride with this thing. So um, what I'm trying to work on most of all is trying to help folks understand um, this journey, right? And I get a lot of questions both from uh, a nutrition standpoint, a fitness standpoint, um, been working a lot on products. So right now I'm doing episodes on supplements, what really worked for me. Um, there's just so much snake oil out there. Uh, and so trying to demystify some of that, uh, we're going to be doing me and you both probably 30 for 30 with Keto Logic, which is a contest coming up. And then really focusing on this keto carnivore um, program and seeing where this goes. You know, I'm a big guy in sustainability. So I don't know if keto carnivore is a sustainable lifestyle for me. I always know I can fall back on lazy keto, um, but I'm really enjoying seeing what my body can do. I'm going to be doing more Spartans. I successfully finished uh, Spartan in August uh, in Asheville, North Carolina, and, and then in 2019, I definitely want to try for my trifecta. So that's my goal. Uh, it's it's a bit far-fetched, but I never even thought I'd do one, and I finished mm-hmm. the sprint, so I'm super excited about it. Um, but really pushing and working and growing on the lean muscle mass. There's a big, uh, I think, feeling that when you lose weight, especially when you lose a mass amount of weight, that you look like a gigantic windsock. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I want to prove people wrong on that. You know, one of the things I want people to know is it's never too late. I just turned 40. As you can tell, my old gray wolf beard here. Uh, but I, I uh, definitely um, want to show people that it's, you know, never too late to start if, if, if there's ever an example. So especially those who need to lose 10, 20 pounds, you can definitely do it. If I could lose 200, 
20 pounds, you can most definitely do it. Um, and so really just promote and grow within the keto community. I think it's just such an amazing uh, community. Like I said, I meet folks like you, met other folks in the community. They're just incredible. You. So uh, I think we lost you there for a minute. Oh, you still Hold got on me. One second. Hello. Oh, we're there. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. I don't okay. know what happened. But maybe okay. we went too long. But anyways, that's that's mm -hmm. probably my But that's that's what I'm going to be doing for the next uh, several months. Well, that's awesome. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to watch your journey, and uh, exactly. it's it's so cool that we're close and that uh, that we can kind of support each other in the community as well. So, um, where can people find you? Sure. As far as like social media and stuff, I'd like to plug uh, back to you. So Thank where can you. people find you? Fantastic. Yep. So on Instagram, I am the low carb, high fat fella. You can reach me there for now. Um, we also are setting up the in the process, setting up the website, low carb, high fat dot com. Uh, so that's where you can find me, interact with me, reach out to me if I can help you on your journey. Um, I am not a certified nutritionist. I am not a doctor, um, but I can tell you from real life experience, um, and I'm happy to help anybody. Like I said, I'm in everybody's corner and kind of cheering you on. Um, also, hopefully I can help you with some nutritional advice uh, to get you over the hump, through the hurdles, that type of thing. Uh, happy to help point you in the right direction. And usually that's towards Lauren or Paul. So uh, <laughs> send you guys that way. But yeah, look, that, that's where you'll find me. Well, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on today. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be in here. And uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. I think we will. And we'll talk to you again soon.